1: Smallville. How's it going, BD? Welcome to Vicarious Living.
0: Very well, Pat. Thank you for asking me how I'm doing. How are you doing?
1: Not too bad. Tonight we did episode 17 of season two of Smallville. As we described before, we're kind of hopping around a little bit. We're doing the whole Smallville experience in a very compact way.
0: Right. And we did season three, episode one. So two episodes tonight. So I think the best thing to do is I have continued watching the show all the way through. Because
1: you're a teen drama addict.
0: Yes. So I think what we should do is I should catch you up while we're catching the kids up. What's happened since the pilot going into tonight's episode, which is almost all the way through season two. To me, that sounds like a really good idea. Okay, but first before we do that, I was going to say, you <clears throat> give the housekeeping. Oh,
1: okay. I'm not going to give the housekeeping. You do it.
0: Vicarious Living Podcast on Instagram. That's where the kids go to get all of our dynamite swag. Tees, get them. Sweatshirts, get them. Tanks, get them. All for good prices. Affordable, comfortable shit. And then our Gmail is vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com. Get at us to stay in contact, kids. We just want to stay in contact. Yeah, keep
1: with those you. communication channels open
0: okay so let's get everyone caught up what happened since the pilot we'll just go character by character Clark he's still like learning all of his superpowers so not really much to be caught up on there just know he's still learning all this shit Um, we have some development in terms of teen feelings
1: really okay
0: Chloe has a crush on Clark
1: I got a little bit of that in this episode
0: Lana has a a crush on Clark
1: classic triangle
0: classic fucking Chloe doesn't even stand a chance against Lana for Clark's love and affection
1: it's definitely a an obtuse triangle
0: yeah it's not even fair sorry Chloe actually not sorry you led a sex cult so fuck you and Lex and Clark have become best friends they're super tight oh there is one kid that knows Clark's secret and it's his best friend Peter Ross okay yeah, he, uh, he gets uh he's like he's in the core 4. He's in the core 4 um I would say though he's a little more tertiary than like Clark, Lana and Lex. He's like in that Chloe, so he, that Chloe range where he's like a tier removed from the core, but he's still Clark's best friend. I think that's pretty much I mean that like other than that, was there anything else since you haven't seen it? Was there anything else that like you felt you sh- you needed to know when we went into it? Oh, yeah. There's a cave.
1: The, the cave. The cave's a new development.
0: Yeah. the The last thing is that there's a cave. Seems that, like a lot of actions happening in this cave. Yeah, a lot going on. There's like hieroglyphics in this cave, and it's from Clark's home planet. I don't know how hieroglyphics got in there, but it's apparently in, like, his planet's home language. So Clark is trying to figure out, like, where he comes from, and he's in this cave, and he feels like there's answers in that cave, but he needs someone to help, like, decipher all the shit on the wall. Okay. Now,
1: it seems like the love dynamics of our three of our core four, excluding Lex, are kind of moving at a glacial pace a little bit. They're slowly happening, developing, still have not gotten a kiss between clark and lana right at this point so i get that i can all wrap my head around that in the first episode we saw a bad guy situation where superman used superpowers to fight a bad guy since that episode have there been more bad guys
0: yeah there's a new one every every episode we don't even need to focus on that or even talk about it because it's so unimportant
1: that's what i want to figure like every episode he pretty much fights a bad guy
0: yeah i don't even focus and then like slowly develops feelings for Lana. Yeah, I was telling you that I've actually been able to breeze through two seasons that are mm, about 25 episodes, hour-long episodes in like less than a week because I fast forward through all those one-off, here's the bad guy this episode, and I just watch all the drama that carries itself over. So So you're just mainlining the drama from this show. Right. Dude, you're an addict. Yeah, yeah. I'm just blowing it like lines of teen drama cocaine. Mm Mm-hmm. Straight into my nose and into my body. So, hopefully the police don't show up. <laughs> <laughs> is that a visual of that? they come in. And oh! Nothing to see here! Okay. But the main reason we're doing this episode is because... One, we want to hit one episode from every season... To keep us honest on where we're tracking with the storyline. And the reason why we chose this one for season two, episode 17 is fucking Christopher Reeve. Yeah. Oh boy. Big shout out Christopher Reeve. RIP. RIP. Legend. Legend status. He was paralyzed from the neck down. Tough. Right. So tough. Right. We were talking about that like how So
1: I mean for obviously for anybody who doesn't know Christopher Reeve was the Superman originally.
0: Yep. The no not originally but he was like He was the first movie Superman. Mm -hmm. There were Superman in TV shows, George Reeves, no relation, back in like the 50s and 60s, but he was the first like uh, movie superhero, uh, Superman.
1: Right, and then he got injured in a like horse riding accident?
0: Yeah, paralyzed from the neck down. And we were saying it was probably similar. It just shows you if you're super rich and have a ton of money, not only can you just stay alive for a really long time because your muscles, which are all atrophying and stuff, you probably just pay physical therapists to be at your house like 24 seven. And then also having a lot of money beats AIDS. Yeah. Magic Johnson stuff. Yeah. So have money kids. That's get a nice see, tip. You <laughs> see through a lot of really bad shit. I just had some fun facts. This is a Christopher Reeve episode. It's an homage episode to him. Mm -hmm. So I had a couple of fun facts that I looked up from his original 1978 Superman movie, if you want them. I'd really like them. These are fun. Gene Hackman, who plays Lex Luthor, apparently a real prima donna. Really? A lot of
1: drama on the set with Gene?
0: Yeah. Lex Luthor. He's a famously bald Mm -hmm. villain. Yeah. Gene Hackman just decided, fuck no. Really? Really? Not shaving my head or wearing a bald cap, I will be a Lex Luthor that has hair, so get fucked. <laughs> that's <laughs> also horrible. another thing
1: that's like, like, yeah, no, I'm in a superhero movie. Who do I play? Batman. I don't think I'm gonna wear the mask, no, you know,
0: I'm being unmasked. Batman, I, I mean, I will
1: better. wear the cape and the boots, but no mask,
0: right. I'll put the suit on that shows the nipples. All have the nipple suit. Yeah, I could definitely give me the nipple suit. Actually, make them bigger. I'd like to have bigger areolas on my Batman suit and more protruding. Mm-hmm. But I'm not wearing a fucking mask. You can get fucked on that. So apparently another thing he refused to do was shave his mustache.
2: <laughs> so
0: he's just like, look, there's going to be tons of hair on my body and everywhere that Lex Luthor doesn't have. Get over it. So... He refused to cut off his mustache, but then the director, who Hackman had never met, he put on a fake mustache the first time they ever met face-to-face, and he said, look, if you shave your mustache for the movie to be Lex Luthor, I'll shave mine. And somehow got Gene Hackman to agree to that deal. And then when he shaved it off, the director, all he had to do was peel his mustache off. He didn't actually have a mustache. (laughs) That's amazing.
1: The only way to deal with a insane asshole is to just trick him.
0: Trickery. Because you're
1: not gonna be able to convince him of anything.
0: Yeah. So what they did on how they like explained that he was bald was they had him style his own hair differently in every scene, so it looked like he was wearing different wigs all the time. And so it was like, Oh look, He's, he's self Lex Luthor self-conscious about his bald head. So he's wearing like bad wigs all the time. And it was really them just styling his hair differently.
1: So that's how they got around it in the movie. He has hair. Mm -hmm. And also in the movie, Lex Luthor is bald, but it was a compromise to say that he's always wearing wigs.
0: Yeah. Huh? Yeah.
1: I feel like if you get stuck down that rabbit hole with a Lex Luthor actor who won't shave his head, like you just got to be like, yeah, Lex Luthor has hair in this universe.
0: Yeah, you know how it wouldn't have happened, though? Is if Spielberg was directing. And he was actually offered the chance to direct it. Spielberg wouldn't have time for that. He would not. But he was asking for too much money. And the the producers, it says they didn't want to give him the money because Jaws still hadn't come out yet. And they didn't yet know if Spielberg was commercially going to be like able to like crush it. And so they just like let him walk. And then Jaws came out and they're like, oh, fuck.
1: We just let a made man walk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But apparently there was just all these prima donnas on set because it was saying that production slowed down so much to where they were only getting 30 seconds of film being shot per day. And it took over two years to shoot the movie.
1: That's rough. I mean, I'm assuming Chris Reeves was not no problem.
0: dude i'm pretty sure it was a hundred percent gene hackman and marlon brando and marlon, marlon
1: brando is also in it yeah he, what did he play
0: clark's biological father jor i should probably watch this movie at some point yeah i think he was only like on in the movie for like 10 minutes as <laughs> jor but he uh commanded the highest salary because it was coming right off of like godfather in the early 70s so he's just like such a prima donna douche yeah, dude, fucking being a leading man in the 70s, you just fucking all bets were off on you being a massive dick.
1: Yeah, because social media didn't exist. You could just, it didn't matter that 30 people around you knew you were a total asshole. No. Because they couldn't, like, spread the word.
0: Right. Yeah, you just do whatever you the want. There's fuck no such thing want.
1: as a video coming out of you being a dick. There's no... Um, who is the famous one?
0: Uh, there's no text message threads that like get show up on the internet yeah, of like exactly. you asking for nudes and your wife sees it.
1: <laughs> uh, there's no like Christian Bale yelling at the sound guy. Oh yeah, you remember that?
0: Yeah, let's put a little of that in. I want you off the fucking
2: set, you prick. I'm sorry. No, don't just be sorry. Think for
1: one fucking second. What the, the fuck are you doing? Are you professional or not? Yes, I am. Do I fucking walk around and rip
2: down? No, shut the fuck up, Bruce. Do I want? No! No! Don't shut me up. Am I gonna walk around and rip your fucking lights down in the middle of a scene? Then why the fuck are you walking right through? Ah, da 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 like this in the background? What the fuck is it with you? What don't you fucking understand? Give me a fucking answer. What don't you get about it?
0: I was looking at the light
1: Oh good for you And how was it Fuck's sake man you're amateur Right let's go again
0: Yeah dude I think that was right on like the precipice Of where it was like Oh Christian Bale you didn't get the memo leading men can't do this anymore Yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) Cause now all your shit's gonna be on YouTube
1: Lesson learned
0: I think that was on the set of Terminator Salvation. Yeah. And I sh-
1: I feel like it was one of those things where like that got released and then like like I think him and whoever that guy was that he was yelling at that was just part of their professional relationship and that guy was like, "Yeah, I mean, we're still friends." I mean, sometimes shit gets a little crazy on a movie set. Yeah. Hey, so it's like- the lighting wasn't right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's my fault. Blame me.
0: <laughs> yeah. I do I will say I would compare that to sports a lot where everyone's always freaking out about like fights that teammates get in and stuff. Yeah. But on, like real like on the Warriors and, and they were always just like, dude, we get into fights every fucking day. We're like brothers who fight all the time and then we we make up like relax that's how it is. Calm down. OK, let's now get into Smallville. Are you ready? Yeah. So it starts out in the cave. This episode's all about they're, they're trying to decipher the a lot of a lot of cave content, a lot of cave stuff, and it's essentially like there's all this baggage with like Clark and being sent from his home planet, and I think they're trying to essentially get him closure. That's what it feels like to me. Like they're trying to be like, we need to get Clark closure so he can just like stop being an alien who has his spaceship under in the under the ground in the storm cellar at our house and we need to get it to where he's just he's part of us and he's got cool powers
1: yeah and also at the same time most people watching this show kind of know the mythology of superman and everything but it's kind of it unravels itself in the way that almost like a psychological thriller like a mystery would Mm -hmm. where it's like oh he finds out a little piece of nugget and you're just like wondering more and more about his past and then in this episode you finally get the full picture of He's for sure an alien. His home planet blew up and his parents sent him away on a ship to save him from that destruction. You yes. kind of get that like core piece of knowledge. So I like well, that piece like slowly uncovering that that backstory is cool.
0: It's definitely cool. I like it. Um, We'll get to all that because when we get to the Christopher Reeves scenes, we'll start playing some of those clips of like where he's deciphered the code, where that all all that information comes drops out. all the knowledge
1: in this episode. Mm, mm-hmm. Real small cameo, but. A lot of knowledge
0: yeah he just seems smarter because he's like a scientist in a wheelchair yeah he kind of gives me like stephen hawking vibes of like we should listen to him mm-hmm. he's in a wheelchair
1: that's an ugly stereotype it's if so a ugly. scientist is in a wheelchair and can't move his arms like i guess it i just seem way it, smarter like I don't you know, know
0: why. He, you know his priorities in terms of science being at the top are mm-hmm. are are right yeah, because it's like he's not going outside to shoot hoops. No, he's just this all about is a science. Dick comment. But I'm just saying he's not outside. You know, Stephen Hawking isn't outside running fives with his bros. He's inside learning about science and like black holes and fucking wormholes. Yeah, I, all the it's, holes.
1: It's definitely. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a little like mean, but I'm on the same page with you. So I feel comfortable talking about it. You almost think of Stephen Hawking and Christopher Reeves in this role as like a floating brain. Yeah. So it's mean,
0: no disrespect, but <laughs> no, no <laughs> offense, no offense, but we love those guys for what they did. So <laughs> I
1: feel like I'm uh
0: maybe average to sub
1: average intelligence. If ever some terrible accident happens to me, knock on wood,
0: you're going full science.
1: Yeah. And I feel like I'd get a lot smarter. Yeah. Yeah. So I have that. I tool. agree. That's the bright side. Thanks.
0: Yeah. No offense to both those geniuses. So, Let's play a clip, though, because it's not all science and fucking superheroes, Pat. There's also some teen drama. <laughs> Let's dig in. Let's play a clip of getting caught back up on what's going on with Chloe and Lana when it concerns Clark. Don't look at me like that. Like, what way? Like I'm some lovesick loser who's trying to hang on to something that she's never even had. Well, if you have feelings for Clark, maybe you should just tell him. This isn't about me and Clark, Lana. This is about you violating my privacy. This office and everything in it is now off limits. Oh, and by the way, I did tell Clark how I felt. I poured my heart out to him when he was sick, and in his delirium, the one name he called out was Lana. It's yeah. like fucking jealousy is getting the best of <laughs> Chloe. And what precedes this is Lana's browsing
1: around on Chloe's like Mac PC. Yeah, and fucking looking through all of her emails she and She's creeping through all of her files, and she finds pictures of, she has a little collage going in a folder of all pictures of her and Clark.
0: I know. it's That is such a tricky thing. So first and foremost, about, before we get into that, because I have a lot of thoughts on that. First and foremost, though, so about the triangle. I love that aspect. There's nothing better than jealousy is just all over the place on two female leads. With the male lead, mm-hmm. and it's just like, it's the best. It's what we live for. Of like, it's multi- the vicar.
1: I mean, it's the vicarious yeah. living thing. Like you're watching this when, like, a it would be cool to be Superman. B it'd be sweet to have
0: these girls fighting over you. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I've done. I would have no idea. Yeah. I never <laughs> know I know what it's like to have two girls fighting over me. It seems cool as fuck, but we'll never know. No. So, but then the second piece of it. Is the whole element of she's digging around on her computer and find shit. Mm -hmm. It's so tricky, dude. When you find something that you shouldn't, when you're being untrustworthy and digging around, it's so tricky because it's like, okay, I found stuff. But if I let them know I found it, I give myself up on like I now become just as guilty as them.
1: Yeah. It's like uh illegally obtaining evidence. It's
0: not permissible. In court, yeah. So you might as well just, I don't know what, I don't know what you do. Like I, in those moments, I always default to like, fuck it. I'm just going to, I, I, I'm, I'm I gotta, I gotta say, <laughs> I gotta say, I gotta out myself. I cannot not say something. And yes, I'm going to have to take heat for like doing the bad thing to get this knowledge. But like now I have the knowledge. I can't just sit on it. I was thinking like how that would go in our situation. Like this just happened as we were taking our our picture for the podcast episode for Instagram for this week. We were going through Anna's phone and we were going through all the photos. And when we got to the end of like the 37 photos you and I took Mm -hmm. for one Instagram pic. Yeah. Uh huh we got to the beginning and it got into her own personal photos and it was something just, it was a picture of like a shopping website of a mm-hmm. pair of like shoes, mm-hmm. what, it, whatever. But it, uh, in my dude head, I immediately just assumed I, like, it as was going to be as something saw- bad, <laughs> like a dick.
1: As soon as I saw that the pictures of us were ending, I like averted my eyes. Yeah. Whoa, so like, Whoa, yeah Whoa.
0: It's gotta be something. Oh, I can't look. Can't Uh, look. It's got to be dicks. Okay. It's just shoes. I (laughs) was shocked that it was just shoes. We should play it out as if I was digging through your phone and like I was going through your photos. But then the first photo I saw before the Instagram photos was like of a different podcaster. Whoa. Okay. Nude. Obviously. And then now I have to go to you. And, like, I'm doing that shit in my head of, like, hey, Pat?
1: Well, yeah, what's up?
0: Do you have something you want to tell me?
1: Uh, I'm pretty hungry.
0: Mm, right. Um, Something that's not related to, like, how hungry you are? Like, maybe something that you really secretly wish deep down concerning your uh, partnership on this podcast? No, I have a pretty clean conscience. What's up? so there's nothing. there there's no fantasies that you've had. no fantasies deep down that you've had no, about I mean, this podcast in the partnership you have with me. Oh, you know you're the only podcaster for me. So what, but, what, but I mean what but even in a weak of- moment like just say hypothetically in this hypothetical role play, let's say hypothetically, right. let's take two hypothetical steps down. Let's say hypothetically, like in a fantasy, you're just like curious. Like we all have it, dude. We all have fantasies, right? Well, to use your own words, this feels like a trick. <laughs> it, no tricks, okay. Uh, I'm just talking about fantasies. We all have them. They mean nothing. They mean nothing. I, I, I'm yeah, just I mean, a, every, like yourself. Every dude. once
1: in a while, I think maybe I had like a podcast about music or sports or some other interest, right?
0: You know. Now, let's just say, same, like... that's natural. Let's both just show our phones, just like... Because now we're just, like, looking at... Like, I'll give you my phone. Maybe you give me yours, and we'll just I look got at got each other's bat- photos. I got no battery. Well, I got Dude. a cell phone charger. I got an iPhone charger. I mean, plug them in, we, we look at each other's photos. Just, you know, so we're on the same page. Oh, yeah. Okay, hold on. <laughs> um, let me use the bathroom real quick. <laughs> no, no, no. No, just right now. Heat of the moment. Let's just pull... Let's just trade. I, I got okay um yeah on. see Something's this is where me. i would just go look i fucking saw on your cell phone you had nude pics of another podcast partner bitch yeah because there's no
1: <laughs> At a certain point you have to come out with the fact that you know <laughs> yeah via illegally obtaining that information
0: yeah because like when you said you're going to go into the bathroom real quick you knew i that. would I have to give up exactly. all right i know yeah i know i saw it on your phone so you yeah you can't you can't broach the subject of
1: what you found without outing yourself of creeping. And now it would also become awesome because then I get to be just as pissed off at you for kind of like shield myself with fake anger over you creeping on my stuff. When really it's, I know it's, it's not like I get to be like self-righteous about like, yeah Hey,
0: you have a leg to stand on now and it sucks because that's what Chloe is doing too. Where Lana finds photos on her computer, which are like photos of Chloe and Clark at a school dance. Like, she's fantasizing about being with essentially the guy that everyone knows Lana has the inside track on, Mm -hmm. Clark. And now Chloe, before, she wouldn't have had a leg to stand on, which is like... No, I don't like you're the guy that clearly you are, have something with. No, no, no. Now she gets to be like, You're going through my shit? Yeah. And turn it into that. She just gets a 180 it, instead of being like, Lana being like, Are you trying to snake my
1: man right now? Which, it's, I got to say, Are you going through my computer?
0: That's the most frustrating thing in a relationship when you get into arguments. Probably happens to you, happens to me all the time. When you're in an argument and then you can see they found their one leg that they can stand on, on something like that, and you're like, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: this is, what you're, well, do, this is what you're
0: gonna do okay okay cool anyways um let's now get into this is a real quick hitter real quick hitter they're trying to communicate with Christopher Reeves it's right. 2002 mm-hmm there's no high speed internet no he's got to get in touch with Christopher Reed to go meet up with him to decipher these symbols right what's he Can do explained
1: the symbols yet
0: They're no not yet we'll get there okay dial-up. Yeah, we heard the noise. That noise is like fucking nails on a chalkboard. It's like a
1: sense tied to memory thing. Usually it's like a smell thing. Yeah. But
0: I guess it also works with sound
1: because anytime I hear that noise, I'm just immediately back to like fucking arguing with my family over how long I can be on the internet because when I am on the internet, nobody can use the phone in our house.
0: Do you yeah. remember this? And there, yeah, there's no cell phone. So now you've cut off all communication between your family and the outside world. <laughs> <laughs> if something bad happens, an emergency, yeah. you're all fucked. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Dial, we, we. It's like,
1: listen, 15 minutes before dinner, nobody's going to call. I have to get on Instant Messenger, see if whoever I have a crush on is on, and then put up an away message mm-hmm. really quick. Strategic.
0: And then, yeah.
1: And then we can eat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got to see if she initiates. If she doesn't, after four and a half message. minutes, put up the away message. Come back. See if she's still on. If she's signed off, clearly fuck me, and I'm going to kill myself. BRB. But, yeah, it's the worst sound in history. I just wanted to put it in there because it, it made my stomach hurt. We caught the tail end of dial-up by, like, a year. Maybe not even. Maybe, like, we caught it by, like, seven and a half months. Right? That We lived the full life of it. Oh, we did? Yeah. It was just a short lifespan, I guess. The internet didn't
1: exist when we were born. So, yeah, I guess.
0: Well, yeah, you're right. Think about
1: that. Does that make you feel special? The
0: internet came into being while you were alive. Yeah. You saw the whole cycle. Yeah. So, dial up just had a short lifespan, I guess. Mm -hmm. And we were old enough to see that short lifespan of dial up because we were like right at the instant messenger. We need to be on range. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Oh, last thing. I was thinking, though. When they were dialing up to email with Christopher Reeve, I was thinking, man, did he respond quick?
1: Yeah. Well, he's got nothing else to do.
0: I know. So, But still, I'm just saying.
1: A little desperate.
0: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, if we had a whole conversation about intern Whitney a couple of weeks ago about in the gameplay phase, what the appropriate response time is to text mm-hmm. messages. And she I, was
1: flabbergasted that
0: I wasn't responding right away. I know. It's it's funny when we always get into these like, discussions. Listen. She's talking about how annoyed she was. And Anna does the same thing. Talks about how annoyed she was in the gameplay phase of getting with me. But then both of us... We got wives. You got married to me. So... So... Sounds like maybe... It worked? Maybe it worked. Yeah. You didn't like that it worked, but it did. And guess what? I was never responding right away because... Had I been responding to text messages as fast as fucking Christopher Reeve is over email, guess who wouldn't be married right now? Both of us. These two podcasters. Yeah. You know why? Because it'd be pathetic as fuck. And those girls who are now married to us, unfortunately for them, they would be sitting there going, wow, I sent a text and he's so pathetic and lame that he literally, I saw the little three bubbles come up that he was typing as soon as I sent the message. Like he's got nothing better to do. Let it breathe. Gotta let it breathe. Now, on the flip side, you can't go too far. She can't send you an initiated text, and then four days goes by before you respond, because now that's too much. You got to find that sweet spot window. <sighs> it's like Goldilocks.
1: You can't can't let the porridge be too hot. Right. You definitely
0: don't want the porridge to be too cold. Mm-mm. I'll tell you what. Christopher Reeve's porridge, well, scalding, scalding hot. hot. <laughs> scalding hot. So he responds immediately. Now, let's get to that part that you've been waiting for. Clark goes to Metropolis. He meets up with Christopher Reeves, trying to figure out what's going on with the cave. He's trying to get a message from home on the hieroglyphic symbols. So, Clark knows this hieroglyphic language. I know. The episode starts, he does not know. And
1: there's like this whole ordeal that we were kind of half paying attention to with an octagonal disc. Mm -hmm. Like Clark's getting all these brain waves, like his head hurts. And he can't figure out why. And he's drawn to this crazy octagonal disc in his dad's shed. That disc is the key to his ship,
0: yes. by the way.
1: Takes the disc, puts it into the octagonal disc-shaped hole in the cave. And then all of a sudden he gets like hit with a beam of knowledge, mm-hmm. so to speak. Knowledge and beam. <laughs> like Matrix style gets downloaded all this brainwave information. And its I'm assuming it's the language that he knows now. Yes, I don't know if there's anything else involved in it's this the code. thing, but yeah, he gets downloaded with the code. Yeah, he gets downloaded with <laughs> like the code. There's like some Superman science stuff happening, and so um, that's why Christopher Reeves is so fascinated with him.
0: Mm-hmm. So now there's only two guys who know the fucking language of Krypton, mm-hmm. and that's 1970s Superman and 2001 Superman. Love that. Yeah, so he goes there and then there's this clip of Christopher Reeve deciphering the code that is in the caves to Clark. Here it is.
1: Can you read it? Yes. It says, this is Kal-El of Krypton, our infant son, our last hope.
0: Please protect him and deliver him from evil. Clark? is actually Kal-El, mm-hmm. son of JorEl. In this moment, we find out, because Christopher Reeve says,
1: I track the signal. He knows this language because he's a space scientist, and uh, he found this like encoded signal like years and years ago. He's had the time to decipher it, and somehow he knows how to translate it, I guess, because mm-hmm. he's smart. Wheelchair, a wheelchair scientist. Yeah. So he's smart enough to decipher it. So he can totally read this code, and he gets the message, um, and then he traces the signal back to its original source. <laughs> I'm just looking at Pat's notes. He literally drew out the Superman logo. Drew the Superman logo. I used to be able to Don't do this why. way. I used to be able to do this way better when I was in grade school. Like you know how it's you cool. just have like certain things. Like you could do the S yeah. with the things that you. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody's got like yeah. their ten things that they could doodle. Superman logo is Yeah, that looks like. pretty spot on. Anyways, anyways, um, Christopher Reeves traces the signal back to its original source, which used to be a planet, and he finds that now it's just nothing. Mm-hmm. So what he tells Superman is, "This moment is, listen, your planet exploded.
0: It's done. It exploded, Clark. Sorry, <laughs> that's your home. All gone.
1: And you were basically sent out on an escape pod and landed on our planet. Yes." And so good luck. Good so, luck. Yeah. By the way, oh, yeah. the one thing I want to mention is just, I do not only is Reeves dropping science knowledge yeah. in this moment, he's dropping like like just knowledge, knowledge. Mm-hmm. For example, he tells them that you can't be looking elsewhere for the answers. You need to be looking inside yourself within, within. Don't I loved look, that. Don't look without
0: look within. Mm. Love it. Yeah, I that's great advice. Yeah, everyone's always telling Clark like because he's always he's a teen looking for answers. Mm-hmm. It must suck to be Clark. He's always looking for answers, and everyone's just telling him like, "Hey, bud, enjoy riding solo on the answers looking process. You're gonna have to find them within, bud. Keep looking, man. No one's gonna help you. Yeah, it sucks for Clark. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. That that the big theme for me with the whole Christopher Reeve episode is Clark essentially just finds out he's fucking alone alone as fuck harsh so alone like good luck but before we end Christopher Reeve I just want to play the music
2: that's
0: Christopher Reeve music they played that in Smallville every, like 3 or 4 times whenever Christopher Reeve was on the screen about to start talking. Really? I didn't even yeah. notice. Yeah, it was Love pretty it. cool. I liked it. I have you seen the old Supermans? No, that's what I'm saying. I I've They're seen clips
1: of him flying, so like I know what he looks like in the suit, but I've never sat down and watched the whole movie.
0: Here's what I will tell you. The late 70s early 80s Superman movies with Christopher Reeve and Gene Hackman are a thousand times better than any of the recent movies they've made on Superman with fucking Brandon Routh and Henry Cavill the Batman versus Superman I've shit, never seen any of Justice those. League the 70s Supermans are better than all of those no, they're no. not that bad
1: I'll have
0: to go watch it Margot Kidder she plays Lois Lane I know that Gene Hackman plays a guy with hair, hair as Lex Luther um, yeah they're solid you'll have to watch them Okay, should we just play the clip and end this first episode on this with uh, when Clark is telling his dad what the whole code means?
1: Yeah, because I like that moment. I think it's important.
0: Puts it in layman's terms. Here it is. It's a message from my biological father. I'm, I'm sure I'm reading it wrong. Why? What does it say? On this third planet from this star, soul, you be God among men. Your flawed race rule them with strength, my son. That is where your greatness lies. Yeah, so now we find out, like, he's not just, like, that he's alone and they sent him off because his planet was exploding. They also had a sub-message, which was, oh, we'll save you and stuff, but conquer them.
1: Yeah, and it's hard to tell from the message whether it's, like, that's his mission and his parents and his old planet were like evil conquer type people, or if it's just like, we know this is going to happen because you have superpowers. So regard, you know, use grace. Yeah. When you do it. Yeah, (laughs) we get it. You're going to be the most powerful person on this planet. So be cool.
0: Yeah. Just be cool when you're doing it. Yeah. (laughs) When you're being like a Stalinist dictator. Um, all right. Here's the thing, dude, as we transition, Once again, what we're doing on this pod, top 10 episodes in all of Smallville history. It covers like one episode from each season. We've talked about the pilot in the first podcast. We talked about an episode in season two, Christopher Reeve. Now we're going to get into episode one of season three. Hit that season with this key episode. But there's a couple main plot points that I just want to hit on to catch everyone up before we get into that episode from season three. And to do that, I need a little Avril Lovina. Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm afraid that it'll change the way you feel about me. You're
0: standing on the bridge. Lana Clark. In the dark. It's first kiss time. I mm. you'd be here
1: by now. Nothing could ever do that. There's nothing
2: but
0: the rain, no footsteps on the ground. I'm listening. No sound. Isn't anyone trying to find me? I want somebody come take me home. It's that
2: damn I'm trying to figure out this life. I want you to take me by the hand, take me somewhere new. I don't know who Maybe it's me that needs to start believing in.
0: God damn, does it feel fucking good. Only had to wait three seasons to get their first fucking kiss. That's crazy. As you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, it's moving at the pace of a fucking glacier, and that might even be gracious. Like a slow glacier.
1: It's one of those things. What's the balance? Because when we did The O.C., one of our favorite shows of all time, Mm -hmm. not much to criticize there, but we always talked about how quickly they burn through storylines. I feel like this is moving so slow that they could have maybe done a little bit of the OC flavor.
0: What I honestly was been thinking a lot about is it is it me, like is it is it us?
1: I Be- mean, it's always best to start with yourself when you're looking for blame.
0: I look inward first, dude. I look mm-hmm. in the mirror first when I want to place blame. Was that Christopher to Reeves' advice? Yes, yes. I first go in 2002 when we were watching the show. It wasn't. This instant gratification culture that we're now used to now. So, back in 2001, would we have noticed it taking this long or would we not have?
1: I don't know. I remember when I was watching it, I, w- I was a little antsy because I wanted the end of every single episode to end with him like coming out, like being in the Superman costume, yeah. putting a fist in the air and like flying up and then going to fight crime. So, like, I remember wanting Well, you were to just
0: too, yeah, you were too young then. You were too, That that's about the superhero part. I was like, when are we going
1: to wrap this stuff up in Smallville? I want him to
0: be Superman. Yeah, when's he going to be flying? When's he going to be making out with Lana Lang? Right. Let's make out and fly. Let's do yeah. this. Like, yeah.
1: show Lana Lang that you're Superman so she makes out with you and then go start saving lives. So
0: let's just put it like all things in life. Let's put it in the gray area. Let's say they probably should have sped things up a little bit. Maybe not to OC quickness, but should have sped it up a little bit. But then also the instant gratification 2020 version of us. I mean, we're used to now watching shows like Euphoria where the entire season, teen drama season is eight episodes. Yeah, You get in and out. In eight episodes. Yeah,
1: well, let's just put our 2001 pants on and chill out a little bit.
0: Yeah, let's chill out. So, fucking, pu- as we're chilling out with our 2001 pants on, let's go back to Avril.
2: It's to out this,
0: this fucking kiss, dude. It's a great kiss. Oh my god. Yeah, we were talking about when we were watching it. It's so aggressive yet so soft. So soft. Oh, it's so soft and aggressive in all the right ways. Like she's got her back arched up to him and she's like leaning into the makeout hard, but I don't even know if they're doing a lot of tongue. It just seems like a lot of open mouthed, soft lipness, but it's not like sloppy makeout with tongue. It's, well, it's just really, like, it was tasteful. It's tasteful making out passion. I love it. I love the passion. So, yeah that took a while for them to hook up. But they eventually did. I love seeing it nice. I'm just also, so glad.
1: they do this is like a rare thing and it kind of added to the um kind of the softness of the kiss. They always go in with at least fifteen seconds of eye contact mm-hmm. followed closely by a low handhold. yeah, and then ending with the kiss. yeah, like that's the move. and I mean, that's rare. It's just a tasteful way to approach
0: it. I can't remember the last time I made out and held hands at the same time. Do you? No. I mean, honestly, I'm genuinely thinking right now in makeout sessions I've had in my life. I don't think I've held hands like that passionately. We got homework. (laughs) I got some homework coming away from this pod. So now we transition into the second episode on this pod, which is episode one of season three. I got to catch you up. Please do. So not only did Clark and Lana finally get together Mm -hmm. after two full seasons, but Clark decides, all right, fuck it. I don't give a shit about where I came from. You know where I came from, dude? Smallville. Smallville. The Kent household in fucking Smallville. And so fuck all this shit. I'm going to destroy my ship. I'm sick of these hieroglyphics. I'm sick of all the fucking symbols and all the... Hidden meanings and me having to come here and conquer Earth. Fuck that. Not my friends. I don't conquer my friends. These are my friends, Pat. This is my friends and my family. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I'm going to fucking take that little disc and I'm going to put it in the ship. I'm going to destroy it. Fuck it. He destroys the ship. All connections essentially with his home planet is in that ship. It's destroyed. He fucking destroys it somehow.
1: Nice. He's now a man of Earth.
0: But now that he's a man of Earth... There's some consequences, of course That ship being destroyed Sent like a shockwave Out And It caused his parents to get into a car wreck And His mom, who was pregnant at the time Fucking lost the baby in the car wreck Yikes So now Clark Feels like He's destroyed All these people's lives Because of this shit And he's just a little mixed up Angst on superhero steroids. Yikes. Okay. So, the first episode of season three is essentially Clark's gone bad. So, you called this the red kryptonite episode. Yes.
1: Now, I'm led to believe that he's got some kind of a red kryptonite ring. Yeah. Now, without getting too much into it, it's a classic case of. The red kryptonite gives him more power, but also makes him evil. Mm-hmm. Don't ask too many questions, but no. just go with it. Where does he find the ring?
0: I'm pretty sure he got the ring from the scientists. They were doing a bunch of shit with the meteor rocks. Somehow they stumbled on like this red kryptonite. Then they put it in like their school class rings because oh, their okay. colors are red. I see. Smallville High School. And so... So his Clark, class
1: ring is the red kryptonite ring.
0: Yeah. It's got the meteor fragments in it, but they've been altered slightly. Clark has never put on his class ring because of it made him essentially become like Clark, bad Clark. Mm-hmm. So the reason he puts it on now is because it makes him also feel good. Right. Like liberated. He forgets about the pain. He doesn't think about any of the baggage in his head. He just like does. Right. He it's just sees all id. Yeah, he's all just, like, Neanderthal out, like, sex, fire, water, food, fish, fucking. <laughs> so, Clark, because all this shit, and he created his mom to, like, lose his, the baby, he's like, I don't want to be in myself anymore. I'm going to put this red kryptonite ring on. Yes, it makes me go bad, but it makes me forget about all my depression. Right, okay. So, Clark goes bad. Think and,
1: um, Spider-Man 3. Yes, Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of that going on.
0: And while you're thinking about Spider-Man 3, it would be impossible to be thinking about Tobey Maguire in the black Spider-Man costume without giving Clark the M-C-I-T-W of the week, Clark. Get bent, get fucked, get royally fucked, Clark, on this podcast and that is the Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week, Clark. And it is brought to you by Wickloware. W-I-C-K-L-O-W. Where? Be fair and explore. Get all your autographs at Wickloware.com. Type in the promo code. Be Check out. Get 10% off your order. $30 on the baseball tees. $40 on the hood sweaters. sweatshirts. $30. Nope. $20 on the fucking tags, Clark. Get fucked. And, dude, it's going to Clark because... Is there no way to show that you've become a bad guy without doing it in that Tobey Maguire douchebag Spider-Man 3 way? Okay, let me just lay out how they make Clark bad, in quotes. They have him wear red Oakley sunglasses all the time. Tough. Even at night, even indoors. Red Oakley sunglasses. Black leather jacket always riding a motorcycle. Mm -hmm. Always on a motorcycle. Red t-shirt under his leather jacket to show that he's like the red theme, like he's red, he's bad. And then he just walks like a douche. Think of the fucking scene in Spider-Man 3 when he finally goes bad and he's walking down the street. That's fucking Clark. It's always playing music like this. (laughs) it's just always a vibe it's this combination of
1: i'm evil and i got no worries
0: yeah that's just obnoxious such a douche it makes our stomach hurt is there no other way to showcase it that you've gone bad
1: i mean he's doing evil shit he's robbing banks but
0: he's doing it with like an evil smirk on his face can't they have him just be like depressed and sad and like he's evil doing evil? well here's the thing I would like that
1: better because it would be better drama on TV to watch. But I think they can't do that because having, like you were saying, having the ring on makes him feel good and makes him forget his pain. Like he's got no pain. So he's always just feeling (sighs) good. Yeah, you're right. Just loose, feeling loose, feeling fancy free. Yeah. I guess that's just. I guess it's working. Like the ring turns him into a douchebag.
0: Yeah. It's working because now we go from loving Clark to he's getting MCITW. So I guess it's doing what it's supposed to. We're supposed to hate him. Mm-hmm. So, Clark, with that, be free explore. Brought to you by Wicklow where We didn't want to do it, but let me be honest, I didn't think I was ever going to give Clark an MCITW. He got it. But if one of the top ten episodes in Smallville history is fucking Red Kryptonite, guess he's going to get it. Anything you want to hit on next? Apparently he goes to this
1: club every night. Yeah, And douchebag. we find out that he's like he brings a different girl to the club every night, but then leaves them, I guess. It's this weird thing where he's got this uh, conversation with the bartender and the bartenders are like, Oh, you're always bringing these hotties, but you're never leaving with them. What's the deal? And he's like, how, oh, you know, what's the point they're going to leave anyway. So why save the time and it's just like, okay, well, this is weird. And I think what they're trying to do here is like, he's evil, but he's still saving himself for Lana.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause that made no sense to your point. It's like, Mm, Clark, it's either like the only cool thing about being a douche and going to clubs all the time and stuff and bringing random chicks all the time is the part where you get to have sex with them. Mm -hmm. So what's up? But yeah, I do like that element of like, oh yeah, maybe deep down good Clark inside is like beating out Cal. Yeah. His alter ego red kryptonite. Um, His parents on the other hand they're taking a very hands-off approach. I will say and I'm a, I'll
1: I'll jump in a little bit so keep talking you about the parents to parents say because,
0: what pisses me off about this and then you can jump in Exactly cuz I think I know where you're going Okay it's pretty easy to know where I'm going if you listen to any of our OC podcasts on my annoyance with fucking Sandy Cohen I don't like the hands-off approach with the fucking 15 and a half year olds Martha and Jonathan Kent If your son is acting like a total raging fucking douche and he's moved out of your house, he's moved to fucking Metropolis, he's fucking random chicks, he's robbing banks, he's just acting like a total dickweed, maybe it's time to put the hands on, metaphorically speaking, and do some fucking parenting. (laughs) Like, go get your 15-year-old kid. Go. I I understand he has super powers so it's not as easy as that but in general the lack of discipline from the fucking parents in these teen shows and the fact that the kids can always just easily talk them into seeing their way of doing things just drives me insane and that's what's happening with the Clarks where I just want to say and then I'll let you jump in their approach is always like hey are we going to get him no no Jonathan no he'll figure it out let him figure it out. <laughs> the fucking 15 year olds going to figure out what the right thing to do is. He needs some parents. Maybe. Okay. Now jump in. So
1: to kind of play a uh, devil's advocate off of that point, I totally understand what you're saying, but we were talking earlier about how he puts on this red ring to escape his pain. Essentially. Yeah. So there's almost like a line you could draw, like a metaphorical line between Superman with the red kryptonite ring and like a kid with like a drug problem. So like, some kids going through some kind of emotional pain or turmoil or whatever they turn to maybe some meth heroin or some meth or let's say in this something. hypothetical
0: it's meth specifically
1: meth yes so instead of a red ring some regular kid who's not superman gets on the meth gets mm-hmm. on that sweet sweet crystal we've all been there at 15 <laughs> <laughs> At a certain point, the parents just have to like stop putting effort in and be like, all right, you're cut off. This is the fucking hardest thing I could possibly have to do, but hopefully you find your way back to us. Like Us trying to come get you and get you off the meth and put you in rehab or whatever, it's just like this weird cycle where until it's your decision, then we're just going to keep anything. repeating this. So like I've, I've just heard that where at a certain point people just have to be like fucking they're cut off. Like even when they call, it's just not pick up. It's almost like um whatever he's doing right now, he's working through some shit and we may never see him again, which sucks, but hopefully he takes that ring off. I think it takes that quote yeah. unquote crystal meth ring off and <laughs> it comes
0: back to us. So I that flip side makes a lot of sense to me. I think they don't show all that in the show. Like they don't show the three months of them dealing with the meth red kryptonite kid. Who's like having the back and forth. They don't show all that. All you're seeing is the one conversation, phone conversation. So like in my head, I'm going, uh, how about a couple attempts of the forcing the 15 year old to come back? <laughs> yeah, Maybe we needed one. scene yeah, Like that yeah, where they like yeah. try to get it. And he's like, yeah, because I, there's this movie that showcases that really, really well. And um, isn't it that Steve Carell movie with oh. Timothy Chalamet? I was just trying to find yeah. the title. Yeah, what's have it you, Have you seen it yet? No, I haven't seen it.
1: Uh, it's called. Uh, it's called Beautiful Boy.
0: Beautiful Boy. Yes, I do. That's I do want to watch that because I was you thinking about that, that too. It's heartbreaking. Steve Carell has the
1: same situation. Where yes, his son's on drugs, and Steve Carell tries to get him back like three or four times, and then at a certain point, he's just like, "Fuck, I." He's
0: got to do it on his own. Yeah, and so there's
1: like a scene where the kid is still very much on drugs, but he tries to act like he's not. And he asks Steve Carell to go like get lunch with him. And Steve Carell's like, I shouldn't even be doing this, but I need, I want to see my kid, son. Yeah, and so they have this lunch, and the kid's trying to act like he's not on drugs, and he's like totally normal. And he's like, Hey, I'm, I just need like a hundred bucks because I'm gonna go do this. And Steve Carell has to just fucking leave, Mm -hmm. and it's just like.
0: I know. Hard. So that's what I'm saying. That movie is probably, it makes you feel all that in under two hours. Mm-hmm. So why is that over the span of a couple 40 minute episodes of Smallville on the CW, uh-huh. they can't make us feel that same thing. Yeah. Long way around it, but we've come to the same place, which is you got to let it breathe. Showcase that dynamic between the parents and their fucking red kryptonite out kid mm-hmm. on meth. Yeah. Let it breathe. And then we won't always be having to sit here and go, go get the kid back. What the fuck? <laughs> like, go. He's like
1: 45 <laughs> minutes away. Yeah. And you know where he is.
0: So, hey, good counter by you, though. Good counter. Thank you. Let's. It's a, di- exp- it's a dialogue, you know. It's podcast dialogue. Let's explain what's going on with Lex.
1: Yeah. Lex. A little uh, bit of a side story. Happening. <laughs> <laughs> there's a
0: definite side story where... Lex, at the end of season two, going into season three, gets into a plane crash. The details are a little dicey. So let's play a quick clip of Lex's dad talking to his wife, who Lex got married to. He was on a private plane with her. They were going on their honeymoon, and then shit went awry. I won't give my condolences to a murderer. I didn't murder Lex. Oh, oh, that's right. Uh, Let me see if I can remember your account of the harrowing event. You woke up having been robbed, found the pilot jumping out of the airplane with only one parachute left. Lex valiantly offered to give it to you and went down to his death in the crippled aircraft. That's a wonderful piece of fiction.
2: I think the police would find it interesting.
0: That you hired me to spy on Lex.
2: You murdered my son. I won't rest till I've brought your duplicity to light.
0: Now, we don't know if that is what happened, but that's the story that Lex's wife came back and said. But Lex didn't die. He's marooned. Yeah. He's marooned by himself, fucking Tom Hanks style on a castaway island.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Let's just say there's an insane B storyline going throughout this entire episode where Lex is marooned on desert island with some other guy, like. But it turns out the guy's fake. It was all on his just head. in his imagination, and he yeah. gets saved at the end. And he's like going crazy. Thinks this guy's going to kill him. It's almost like Michael Rosenbaum was like, went up to the the director, and he's like, "Hey, um, you mind giving me like a little bit more meat to chew on here? Yeah, I just need like yeah, give how me about- some more.
0: I don't have enough. <laughs> yeah." <laughs> I'd like to really sink my teeth in. It's interesting, totally makes sense that he went fucking crazy if he's on an island for four months by himself. You always hear about prisoners who are in like solitary confinement and when you're by yourself without any other stimulus, you go crazy as fuck. Mm -hmm. How would you not go crazy as fuck by yourself on an island for two weeks, 48 hours? I mean, I'd go crazy like in five hours. So... (laughs) He's there for like four months, and then I was thinking about Castaway. How did Tom Hanks not go fucking crazy? He did. He started talking to a volleyball. Oh yeah, Wilson. <laughs> that was how he didn't go crazy. <laughs> no, he was going a little crazy. I know, but I guess that's that's but what Wilson you would, helped him. Yeah, you would have to you would have to keep dialogue going with something and just to, and make believe it's a human being so that you don't go crazy. Because if you're just in your own head all the time. You're going to fucking go mentally insane. Right. Because your brain would just be on a loop with itself. Yeah. So that's. You need to get those thoughts
1: out, kids. Get them out. Get
0: them out to Wilson, kids. So that's what happens with Lex, where he does go crazy. He imagines this whole guy on this desert island, like, and he ends up killing him at the end. <laughs> it turns out he was not real. So that's what's happening with Lex. By the way, the wife
1: that you were mentioning. Is Nikki from One Tree Hill. Oh, yeah. A little crossover.
0: A little crossover. Dude, when Smallville runs for 10 seasons, it had crossover actor-wise. Remember when I did that Instagram post where I had all the teen crossovers mm-hmm. from TV shows? Yeah. Fucking Seth Cohen, before he was on the OC, had an episode of Smallville. Luke from the OC was on Smallville. Fucking Chad Michael Murray from One Tree Hill was on Smallville not bad chad michael murray was also in dawson's creek not bad wild shit but yes to your point lex's wife is nikki who is safe to say she's typecast as a crazy person she's a bitch yeah crazy mean bitch anything else on nikki
1: uh no that that plot uh kind of got confusing to me so i tuned out
0: yeah so that's what's going on with lex um we also have a bunch of new haircuts mm-hmm. as we get into we season sure three do.
1: haircut breakdown
0: let's break them down clark i love what he's doing mm-hmm. he's got clark has great hair he's got to grow it out a little bit dude clark is a big dude he's 6'3 with a head it might be slightly on the smaller side for a 6'3 frame guy so dude that's that's an easy fix if you're six three and huge, like fucking Tom Welling is, as Clark, and your head is maybe ten mm, percent on the smaller side, grow I, your hair get out. Get that hair going. Have it have it flaring out on the back, back a little get bit. Some flow going, yeah. He looks good with his longer hair. I like it a lot. I um, can't disagree. Lana, dude, who cares about her hair? Let's just say she always looks good. She could have a buzz. She's <laughs> she, be looking good, she's so attractive. I just I don't want this podcast to go by without me talking about how sexually attracted I am to Lana Lang, Kristen Crook.
1: Yeah, that'd be a mistake.
0: It'd be, <laughs> it'd be a mistake. All five Smallville parts are going to have a piece where we uh, rave about Lana Lang, and then the last haircut breakdown is Chloe. Not a good haircut. <laughs> Explain her haircut. It's like, uh, I think what they call it in
1: the business is an asymmetrical haircut. Like it's a really short, first of all. And then it's got like a, like bangs going across kind of that are like way longer on one
0: side than they are on the other side. Dude, her bangs could cut through glass. They sure could. Her bangs are like my nipples. Mm-hmm. When they get cold.
1: Yeah. Uh, her haircut would be better if it just was a bunch of your nipples, like mm.
0: on her scalp. Uh, wh- okay. Short haircuts on females. Who's winning? Um, in certain contexts, I like it. Dude, you're just saying that because it's on the pod. No, I'm not. Yes. No. False. Explain to me when a short haircut is, is better than just having long hair for a girl. When are you? Name one person who looks better with short hair than long hair. On the spot? Yes. Um, Halle Berry. No. She pulls off short
1: hair. No. She's got really short hair and uh, Swordfish. Uh, dude, you're going to sit here and tell you're, me
0: Halle Berry and Swordfish is not good? It's impossible to look at Swordfish with unbiased lenses because she went nude in that movie and showed her boobs. Yeah. Point me. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just saying you're letting the boobs and swordfish cloud your judgment on short haircuts on ladies. Hold on. I need to use the internet. Okay. I don't have a like, a, unfortunately I don't
1: have a Rolodex of
0: short haired actresses going through. Look, I know it's an unwoke point by me, but I'm just saying. Uh, Shitting it, on haircuts is not. Oh, I unwoke. feel like,
1: I feel like you can totally shit on haircuts. It's hair. It's dead.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You show me one actress who has short hair and you are like, Her with short hair, I'm telling you, looks better than what I think she would look like with long hair. And she has to be fully clothed. Who are you looking up?
1: I'm just on Google scrolling. Starting to kind
0: of agree with you. (laughs) Uh, I'm not saying... Here's my point. I'm not saying short hair looks bad 100% of the time on ladies. What I'm saying is they would always 100% of the time look better with longer hair. So what's the win? Here's pink. <laughs> that looks like my haircut. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So do I win this argument? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah,
1: kidding. You can't to, even find it sucks a sh- to take an L on the podcast, you know? You can't even find it on the Google. I will say... (laughs) (laughs) This this isn't a blowout because I was able to pull Halle Berry in the moment.
0: I know, but you pulled the worst possible movie, which the. I'm going to take the loss. Yes.
1: But just give me Halle Berry.
0: I'll give you Halle Berry if you chose one of the hundred movies she's acted in where she didn't show her titties. No. Name another one. I don't know, (laughs) man. All right. Let's just... I'll, I might have to cut it all, but let's say we don't cut it all. Okay. Where do we want to end on it to finish it?
1: Chloe's haircut in this episode is not a good haircut.
0: It's not good. It's bad. It's
1: not good. She's got weird, misshapen bangs, and there's no symmetry happening, whatever.
0: I don't like it. Just grow it out, Chloe. Yeah. Grow it out. Just a little and Now, how you style it? Humor us. How you style it? Guess who doesn't care? Hey, Any dude. Chloe, no we, we get it.
1: Like, you're edgy- you work on the school newspaper, but that haircut sucks.
0: We're not saying you have so, to have hair down to your ass. Like you it can be short to your, your uh shoulder, like shoulder length or whatever. We just don't want you to have a fucking buzz cut. Yeah. That's all we're saying. Um, okay. To get off that. So Lana Actress Sh- with long hair. Yes. Long great hair. She goes to Metropolis because she's got to save Clark.
1: Mm -hmm. He needs some saving.
0: Yes. Now, it seems simple because you think we'll just pull the red ring off Clark's finger. That's what I would think. And we're good. But no one knows. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just do that. (laughs) Right. So, yeah. Well, and and honestly, how Lana decided that she was going to go was... It's easy to decide if you need to go save someone, dude, if when you're just like hanging out in the coffee shop that you own and then there's this fucking playing in the background. I
2: won't give up. You don't give up.
1: I won't won't give up. up. I won't give up. up.
0: If that's playing in the background, you go save your friend. uh-huh, every time. Going to Metropolis is a pretty easy decision to save Red Crypt- Kryptonite Clark, mm-hmm. even if he is kind of a douche now. A yes, so she does. She hears that song playing in the background, in her head, and then she goes to fucking Metropolis, and she's like, i got to fucking save Clark. And it's a combo effort, a little combo of her and then Mr. Jonathan Kent, Duke boy himself, Duke's a hazard. They both combo effect go and essentially save Clark from Metropolis. All's good. He comes fucking back.
1: That's how you do it. Clark's dad gets some superpowers somehow. I think he goes into the cave, the aforementioned cave. Yeah,
0: who cares? He gets them. Gets superpowers. Beats his son's ass. Beats his son's ass. Just dad stuff. Dad stuff. Uh, Yeah. I think it was a metaphor, dude. Yeah. For dad strength, Mm -hmm. which we know exists. I think my dad's probably a pretty weak dude Mm -hmm. in life. Props, but if I ever still to this day got into like a physical altercation with my dad I would assume that like his dad's strength would kick in you think so probably <laughs> yeah, yeah dude. I, I, I think nah, you just I, always have it over your kids I bet on your dad over you for sure that's interesting so that's just I guess we'll have to work that out me getting into a physical fight with my dad to mm-hmm. prove out if his dad's strength at 60 years old still holds true i know it held true when i was like
1: 10 (laughs) there's a video online somewhere i don't know it's hard to get the videos off of facebook anymore uh there's a video of me in college arm wrestling my dad at a bar what that exists yeah i can't find it though like facebook makes it oh my god we should put that on our instagram i'll try and find it yes it's on it exists on youtube it's on facebook
0: Oh, my God. But you know how yeah, you used to we be able that. to
1: get, like, Facebook, click on yourself, see pictures, or see videos? Yeah. The videos went away, and they're, like, buried in the pictures, and some of them went away. It
0: just... What the fuck? <laughs> 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 All right. Should we play a clip of we got our first You're Not My Dad of Smallville? We did. I was excited about yeah. it. Yeah, Let's play this. Come on, you can admit it. You're happier I'm gone.
1: Clark. Son, that's not true.
0: I'm not your son, and you're not my parents. You never have been. You never will be.
2: Clark, what is the matter with you? Your parents love you. I love you.
0: Do you always betray the people you love? Love seeing it, dude. I got to say... I'm pretty sure on this VL podcast that we have had every TV show has had a you're not my dad moment. Mm-hmm. Do you love it as much as I do? Um, it's pretty awesome. I don't, yeah. You love it more than anyone I know. I don't know why. Well, I don't know why either because I have just a very good relationship with my dad. No like stepdad situation. I just had my real biological dad raised me my whole life. So I don't I know think why you I like love it so just
1: because it's such a trope that like when you yeah. see
0: it, it's like drank. Check. Drink, yeah take a sip kids it's definitely like awesome because in this case it really made sense because jonathan kent is not clark's dad <laughs> yeah exactly he's no jor-el okay anything else that you want to hit on before we wrap this up i'd like to give my mvp
1: do it pat this one was easy christopher Reeve, <laughs> did Love giving it to One of the jump. best cameos I've ever seen in a teen drama. Yeah. Not only did he crush it acting-wise, but he was 1970s Superman, dude.
0: Yeah, they didn't even, like, really mask that he was just the old Superman. They yeah. played the music. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a total nod. And
1: uh, also, he laid so much groundwork in terms of what we know about Superman. Like, if you were watching that show in real time, like I was as a kid— you're, like, just wanting so bad for Superman to find out these little nuggets, like this little rabbit trail about his past. And in this episode, he just lays the hammer down. Christopher Reeve yeah. style with all this knowledge. Like, A, yeah. you're an alien. B, sorry. yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Like, you already knew that. But, like, B, your parents are dead and your whole planet is dead. So, move on. Sorry about you. Sorry.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because it's, like, Dude, once Superman, always Superman. I think like everyone who was watching that was thinking, like, dude, this is like old Superman breaking the same knowledge that he got broke to him back in the 70s to the new Superman. It's
1: a torch passing moment.
0: Yeah. And it's like Christopher Reeve was almost sitting there, like in his wheelchair, like, dude, I remember, like, I can empathize. I remember when I got this news. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Fucking in the 70s. It <laughs> like rough. I, Marlon Brando gave it to me in 78. So fucking Tom Welling, I get it. I get exactly what you're going through. It sucks. But don't kill the messenger. It's part of every Superman's journey. You got to hear this knowledge and then keep fucking going. I wish, re- and this is, I mean,
1: the main reason I'm giving him the MVP is because I wish he was a recurring character. Because I just loved that eccentric recluse billionaire who is also a crazy smart space scientist that also has more knowledge than Superman about himself, like some kind of like a mentor figure for him to go back and forth. Like as much advice as he can get from his parents, it's just going to be like regular life Human advice. Human advice. Human advice. He needs like yeah. like an alien mentor. What and sucks- I feel like a Christopher Reeves type would be that guy.
0: What sucks is that Christopher Reeves died. Yeah. So becoming a recurring cast member on Smallville is- just unfortunately not in the cards. Right. But R.I.P. We said that R.I.P. Right.
1: One thing said. I did notice is both characters in that scene were wearing jeans. Oh. Mm. And I pray to God that <clears throat> the jeans that they were wearing were Japanese. Do you think
0: 2001 jeans were coming straight from Japan yet? I don't think so, unfortunately. Damn I don't it. think. Where are they going to get that rapid I movement? Think, from? I don't
1: know. I don't think Japanese denim had hit the scene yet, unfortunately, for these two. But fortunately for us, both podcasters currently wearing Japanese denim. Yep. That industry does exist. And that industry also does sponsor this podcast. And we love them for it. Japanese denim,
0: Japanese made, podcaster approved. Always podcaster approved. Thank you, Japanese denim. Thank you, Christopher Reeve. We love getting a little of you in our life. And Pat, same advice for you as I would give to the kids. Go back and watch 1978 Superman because. It's actually a good movie. All right, kids. Next time, we're going to be coming at you part three of our Smallville Pod journey. I think it includes an episode from season four and an episode from season five. In the meantime, I will be behind the scenes watching all of the in-between to keep us caught up on everything. But for tonight, it's simple, kids. You tuck on and kids you sleep tight you have a really good night's sleep kids and pat tell them clear eyes full hearts do less kids do way less you can follow us on instagram at vicarious living podcast and listen to all of our episodes on itunes stitcher or soundcloud you know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there. Just not pictured. Stephen and Elsie, both there. Just not pictured.